Um, we have a few more uh, people coming in, and uh, thank you all for coming, knowing that this is not a controversial forum, so I appreciate your presence here. So there's nothing controversial to talk about. Uh, a couple of disclaimers before I start. Uh, this forum was presented yesterday to the teens, so uh, I had a practice run. Last night, uh, the brother talked about 75 practice runs. Well, I didn't have that many. And uh, success rate, uh, some of the teens fell asleep, so it's a challenge. Uh, it's a challenge to keep you all awake. But no, the true challenge is really uh, one of the uh, comments to the uh, brothers and sisters that are involved in selecting forums when you uh, pick a preacher to, uh, to present the forum. So there's a, there's a danger, there's a risk there, you know. There could be a sermon coming out, you know, out of all this. But with all that said, uh, the uh, challenge is really that uh, we are open and receptive uh, to the topic of integrity because the topic of integrity like I said, it's not controversial, and it's nothing that you will see now that it's like, wow, I never saw or heard this. But it's really to look for those, for, for majority of us, are well-grounded Christians that, uh, if not all, present here is to find those small nuggets of areas where we have maybe cracks, where we have opportunities to, uh, to basically uh, expand our horizon, if you will, and challenge ourselves to a greater level of integrity. So, uh, having said that, I would like to start with a prayer. Heavenly Father and our God, although we have prayed many a time since we arrived at this camp, it is never too much for us to come before the throne of grace to ask for that continuing presence, not just in this room and in this group and for this particular topic, but whatever thy word is being proclaimed, whatever the contribution is being made in support of this camp. There are many of those that were not able to be with us, that are able to see some of it alive in the evenings, and just all those that are praying and, and are spiritually and mentally with us, but physically not able to be with us. Bless our uh, gathering this morning. Be present in our midst. Speak to us. Speak to me first and foremost, Lord, and then to all present that uh, thy name be honored and glorified with whatever we learn and apply to our lives. In Jesus Christ, amen. All right, so I know this projection is not maybe the best quality, but hopefully you will see it. As I was asked to prepare the forum on integrity, I added, I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, uh, that's okay. You're a man of integrity, so I, I have no worries there. Uh, in preparing this uh, title, as you know, if you are ever asked to do something, you do a readings, you do a research, you pray, you contemplate and, and seek God's guidance. Where should this discussion go? With that, particularly with the teens yesterday, I said, I'm, I'm a retired aerospace engineer. I'm cut and dry. There's no YouTube videos. There's not going to be skateboards and any of that stuff that's going to you know, get your attention. I said, I look for some graphics, some of them from the Sunday school days, so you're going to be challenged. But it's a good reminder. I came across this picture that caught my attention and I wanted to use. So if I were to ask you to uh, play it back to me, how would you define integrity using just this picture that I've selected? Could you? What are your observations? What is integrity? Just looking at this picture. Any thoughts? All right. They're not all the same level. Okay. Some of the more emphasis, others are less emphasis. Is it a monolith? Okay, go ahead. All right, very good. B? It's very individual. A very individual. Very good. So, so there's a moving type. There's very individual. Uh, go ahead. 
All right. <laughs> the word writ stands out. Very good. Same base. Excellent. It's, I made sure that we have a foundation that it's an old, rugged piece of wood, but it's solid. It, 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 it conveys the, something that it's aged and, and it's been there around. Gary? Solid type. They're not jello. They're not, you know, like gushy mushy. They're firm, but they're layered. It's not a monolith. It is a lot of individual aspects, a lot of layers on a very critical and paramount foundation. So that's the essay. Mark, you had a thought? Very good. I think we've pretty much finished our forum. I mean, like you've uh, summarized. If you've ever done presentations, you know, the, you know the concept. Tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then repeat what you just told them. Yeah. Well, that's basically what we're going to go through. We're going to go through three areas. Why, what, and how. And uh, because I made a presentation to be able to use for both the teen and, and the adults... Uh, I've just selected uh, for the teens to emphasize some areas more because two-thirds were not converted and a lot of them lack of sleep and just having a tension span is like five minutes versus this audience, completely different. So I'm going to try to shift, and I already removed some charts because uh, you can never over-prepare, but the time is kick, uh, ticking. You know? So we're going to go with why. So the first thing I want to ask you, why integrity and why perhaps the... Uh, the team that is thinking about various forms, why this? Uh, I would like to hear from you examples where in your life have heard integrity being used and in what application. I'm not talking about Christian now. We're just trying to establish a foundation about integrity. Why integrity? Where have you heard that term be used, if any? In a work setting. Work setting. So with the work setting would be the work environment integrity, correct? Excellent. Janet? You are political sense right now. Political integrity. Well, I'm going to try to stay away from that one. <laughs> I'll let Cleveland deal with that for right now, but uh, Ohio. But yes, you're right. Anything else? Construction. Construction. All right. How many of us would love to drive over a bridge that has questionable structural integrity? I'm a mechanical engineer, by the way. And so it has a questionable structural integrity. Or how many would like to fly on a plane that doesn't have a search that is structurally sound and it's good to be used for flight? Do we feel comfortable risking it all? <laughs> so that's another area. Tony, what about medical? Yes. So integrity in the medical field, that could be across... Honesty goes with integrity. I had a hand over there. Caregivers, nurses, hospital. Business owners, particularly those that are self-employed, like my son-in-law. I mean, larger corporations also, integrity of corporations. Yes, Paul. Financial integrity, very good. Uh, medical, yeah, I like how many fake counterfeit uh, pills you can buy and you can ruin your life if, if you don't trust the integrity of the product that you buy in the store, that it is really the medication that it says that it is. Integrity. Okay, so, and that's the area where we're going to be sh shifting, which is really the moral aspect of it. But I just want you to see that the integrity is so... Uh, intertwined with our everyday living that, you know, we, we use it every day. Yes, another thought? With no guile. A man of integrity. And we, we, that's where we're going to spend a little more time. Sports. Oh, yeah. I'm not too big in sports. Yeah. Integrity of, of the... <laughs> Steroids doping. Maintaining personal integrity of relationship. But let's see how many did I 
kind of product integrity, cars, airplanes, uh, appliances, and so on and so forth. Uh, service integrity, and we talked about a variety of those uh, that you can... Data integrity, we didn't talk about that much, how important data integrity is, if financial or otherwise people stealing your personal identity and reusing it and so on and so forth. So, and we are living in an electronic age where data integrity is so crucial. We talked about uh, maybe yesterday with teens, I hit more about educational integrity, cheating on the exams, but that doesn't mean it doesn't apply to us. Uh, but that was where more emphasis I took yesterday. Corporate integrity, somebody said workplace. Uh, you're looking for a job, you're looking for you know, what quality, what, what integrity this company represents, yeah? Uh, workplace, that was mentioned. Leadership, you know, if, if, you, if you're gonna be working for somebody, you, know, you really are trying to understand, uh, particularly a higher level uh, position, uh, what kind of integrity that person carries because, hey, you're gonna be investing your life, your career on there. Uh, food integrity, we missed on that one. Seven and a half billion people have to be fed every day. Some eat a lot less than you and I eat, but nevertheless, you go to the store and you trust the system and the food administration and the delivery system and the services and the people that do all this, that when you buy a product, it's not going to poison you. I mean, that's, that's crucial. Uh, healthcare, Medicare, you know, medical integrity, and so on and so forth. So, yes? Yes. And it's so interesting to see how scandal breaks. Yes. It starts with one little story, one little doubt, and suddenly people start questioning the whole, and, and pretty soon the whole thing's fractured. And, and then the block so starts falling it's apart. But it's that first chain, that first chain. Falls. Okay, very good. Wow. And then, of course, environmental. Uh, for us in California, that's very big. So uh, we care about our environmental protection and all that stuff. But still, you, you're concerned about the quality of water. Uh, Yesterday was uh, oil that was the biggest thing. Today it's becoming water, having a clean supply of water for so many people on, on this earth. Okay, so that's, that's where we use it. So what is integrity? If you read Webster's Dictionary, it says, firm adherence to a code of especially moral values. Even the secular world is saying especially, not just uh, that, but especially moral value. In terms of biblical de definition, what we are more interested in is, is is it to do with being morally sound. What does it mean to be morally sound? A person with integrity knows what is important and basically to God and consistently lives in light of what is important to him. The reason I titled the forum not just integrity but becoming a person of integrity and that graphic is to show that we are actually always developing and building and growing in that department. That we're never perfect in, in all arenas. So it, it involve, <clears throat> it's more than just personal value. It's got to be God's value that you accept, subscribe, and you live out. It's in, so just what was mentioned now a little bit earlier, integrity is like the foundation of a house. If it is unstable, the entire house may come apart under a lot of pressure, and, and we're going to try to really go more into practical, practical stuff of our living when we are pressured and our integrity is being challenged. In our culture, and this is I mentioned in, in the intro this morning, particularly it's important that people around us see us as men and women of integrity because there's no absolutes. There's no absolute truth that people are pro proclaiming and are believing in. Uh, to continue uh, is the basic element of Christian character. And I'm going to try to help us better understand to the best of my ability of connection between integrity and character. They're not one and the same, but they're very closely coupled. So uh, Psalm 15 says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy, uh, in thy hill? He that walketh uprightly. Now, I put it in red, in red with integrity because the King James Version of the Bible will use the word upright and integrity a lot of times uh, in the same uh, intent. So if you look at different translations, ESV, Amplified Version, NIV, and so on and so forth, uh, New King James Version, you will see that the word upright is often used as integrity. So, so moral soundness is uprightness before God. It is, you can interpret it as integrity, moral integrity, okay? 
So that's why I'm just kind of inserting so you understand that that's what it is. And it's the first character that this distinguishes godly leadership. This psalm, just one verse of David, how he led his people uh, with, uh, according to the integrity of his heart. So it is the issue of the heart. Uh, it's not determined by circumstances, definitely. And it is not based on credentials and is not to be confused with reputation. I'll have a little bit more on that. So integrity, character, that's kind of one group. Reputation is a little bit different, and we'll, we'll cover that. Um, biblical references. I'm just going to, just for completeness, highlight a few. Uh, treating people fairly and honestly. I mean, Proverbs talks about in the days when people were selling and buying using scales. Cheating in that department was not what God was pleased with. So that's one aspect of integrity. Uh, giving your word and keeping it. If you remember Exodus and the ten plagues, every time plague would come, Moses would go to Pharaoh and Pharaoh said, please plead with your God, I'm paraphrasing, that these would go away and we, I will let you go and worship your God. God withdraws the plague, Pharaoh changes his word and his promise and his commitment. So integrity is giving your word and keeping it. So be word fitly spoken, be selective what promises and commitments you make, but then once you make them, keep them. Uh, integrity will protect you. In other words, God's word telling us if we are men and women of integrity, if we abide by his word, his protection is with us. Integrity is more valuable than riches. We can get very easily tempted to pursue the, 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 the prosperity aspect of it at the expense of our integrity. And that's not where the value is. The Lord will test and judge your integrity, my integrity. Uh, the Lord hates lies and lack of integrity. That's in Zechariah. And again, these uh, charts are available. They're going to be all on the MP3 in its completeness, including a couple of backup charts with reference, so you don't have to be writing this uh, down. It may be difficult to maintain our integrity. Maintaining integrity is not easy. And even God speaks of Job's integrity, even though God allowed Satan to really take his part, you know, life apart completely. But he says, and still he held fast to his integrity despite the most difficult circumstances. I don't think there's any... Uh, example that it's more challenging than what we read about to Job's suffering, correct? And yet he maintained his integrity. Uh, it will be rewarded. And your integrity, my integrity, should be set as an example, as Paul writes to Titus. If people who know you closer, friends, relatives, so on and so forth, were asked to describe you in five words or less, would integrity be one of those words that describes me? That's a rhetorical question for us to ponder, okay? So, the, so this was why, what is integrity, and so we'll continue. So of course, uh, I wanted to capture a few at least graphics, so just so that it's not only words, but I cho chose to uh, include First John. He said, well, there is no integrity there. But what kind of caught my attention is Abide with him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. What struck me about this verse and why I included it is, you know, you always have this notion when Christ returns and our eternity begins, and I'm in a glorified state, there will be no more sorrow, no pain, no suffering, none of that. But I'm asking myself, how is it that I can be then ashamed when the Lord appears. I don't have the answer, by the way. I don't have the answer, but it caught my attention that it is a possibility that there is that element as God assesses my life and my attitude. I'm talking about judging of our works and, and our attitudes here in this life. I'm not talking about judging our salvation. Let's just be clear on that. But still, it says that there is a possibility that I would be ashamed of what I've done in this life as a Christian. So keep that in mind. Uh, and of course, in, in First Chronicles, this is not a King James because it uses the word integrity instead of uprightness, but it's the principle is the same. 
I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with uprightness, with integrity. God is pleased when we display the elements of integrity. And we already read the, the Proverbs, Better is a Poor Man. C.S. Lewis, many of you have read his books and know of him. Integrity is doing the, the right thing even when no one is watching. You may have also read or seen the plaques that says character is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. But this is his original uh, claim, at least to the best of my research. It was earlier mentioned we talked about why integrity. If you do a word picture of integrity, you will get all the words that come along with it. Uh, ethics, honesty, and so on and so forth. These are all linked to integrity because they are part of that. And then we have two Proverbs verses, but I wanted you also to see our good old Abe here. If you want to test a man's character, so this is not necessarily integrity, give him power. And this was to be, a re- I think that's a perfect statement. It's not in a scripture, but I think it's very full of wisdom. How many of us have been tested in these positions and our integrity has been tested when we are placed in a position of responsibility, authority, and power? And I want to connect, make a connection now between the integrity and character. So, you will not find this in dictionaries. You will not find that in a Bible dictionary. But as I was analyzing this topic, <clears throat> this is what I at least came across. And I kind of like the definition. The integrity is our faith. We talked about foundation. We have to have a biblical foundation as Christians, Bible, the Word of God is our foundation. Christ is our rock. So we have to have faith in, in God's Word, in God's commitments to us and His promises. And that developed with our discipline in life of habits of holiness is what is the essence of the soul and what I would describe as integrity. Okay, On top of the just uh, dictionary uh, definitions. And the character is combining integrity and the spiritual wisdom that comes from from God. So they are connected, but they're not one and the same. So the character builds on integrity and applies wisdom of God's word. So that's the best that I can come up with. If anybody has better definitions or better understanding, I would love to hear it. I thought this poem also would... would, uh, kind of captivate, at least register maybe in our minds, a thought leads to an action, an action leads to a habit, if it's a repeated, I'll talk about habits of holiness. A habit of holiness is continuing to develop and build character, and then of course, a godly character, obedience to God's word, leads to eternal destiny with God. I think it's a cute little poem, but I think you've probably seen it somewhere, and it's a nice reminder. So, a man's reputation is what other people think of him or woman or her. His character is what, he's, what he really is or what she really is. So, let's not confuse our reputation with integrity. Let's pray to God that my reputation and my integrity are transparent and identical, but not necessarily what you think of me. I think Brother Edmund in the, in the class had a really good, good statement. That I'm going to spill the beans here. If he's here, if he's not, I don't, I don't care. But he says, what people see me, they see me from the front. But he says, my children see me from, from behind. <laughs> I love that statement. I have to tell you. Uh, our kids know about us a lot more than, than you do what you see us in our front, yeah? And that's really true. So, so reputation is what other people think about you and me, but integrity is who we really are and character is who we really are in God. And I like Adrian Rogers from the South, one of the preachers. I like this also. I included because it says, discipline says I need it. Duty says I ought to do it, but the devotion says I want to do it because I really love God. And this is what I want to do. I want to be a person of integrity. I want to build and continue to build out of the devotion to my God. Now, at times, I have to do out of discipline. I, to develop a habit, I need to be disciplined to keep doing it over and over. 
Um, and at times, evil will feel, oh, I'm just obligated to go on. But that's all part of it. It will eventually and in, in consequently lead to a sense of persuasion and conviction that you will do it out of devotion to God. But don't neglect the first two. It says, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to do things that God is asking me to do in terms of integrity or anything else as a Christian only when I'm motivated, when I find I get up in the morning, the sun is shining, and everything in life is going hunky-dory. That's when I'm going to serve God. No, you've got to develop these uh, habits of holiness through discipline and, and commitment, and that you know, eventually will also produce a sense of devotion to God. All right, examples of integrating a Bible. If, you, if I asked you names that come to mind uh, when we speak about integrity, uh, names from the Scripture, Old Testament, I'm sorry? Joseph, wonderful. Daniel, excellent. Job, we already mentioned Job. Ruth? Somebody said Ruth? Very good. Mary, all right, thank you. Esther, Esther. for such time as this, huh? Noah, Noah. Paul. Paul, wonderful. Jephthah. I'm sorry, Jephthah. David. David. I mean, but remember, we're going to highlight a little bit later. Integrity is not perfection, so let's let's not let's not. Uh, Confuse ourselves and get ahead of ourselves. The integrity is not perfection, you know, so. Okay, well, it's great. Uh, let me see how many did I ca- capture from you. Abraham, I thought he had his flaws, but hey, he started the whole thing. Joseph, we got that one. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I thought, boy, here's a test of integrity. He says, you know, we know that our God is able to spare us, but even if he decides not to, we're going into this furnace. That's maintaining your faith and conviction in what God's promises. That's maintaining your integrity. That's part of life. You're pressured. You're challenged. Esther, we mentioned that. Nehemiah. I love Nehemiah. Uh, under what circumstances he was called to go and rebuild uh, the walls. And so, wonderful. Barnabas, a son of encouragement. I always love him. Paul. Of course. Moses. Moses. You can go on and on. So, in my preps, I thought, okay, it would be good that we maybe delve into just one of them with a little more depth. And so I chose Joseph. And the La Puente um, people that are here today, they already heard a sermon last Sunday on Joseph because I was doing so much research. I just was motivated to speak on Joseph. So, you're not allowed to speak to him. <laughs> but I wanted... To to first of all, get us some view. What do we know about Joseph's family background? And I'm kind of just summarizing here quickly so I can draw maybe a couple of key points. Uh, father, four wives. That's a challenge. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, we know, I mean, it brought a lot, of, a lot of challenges in life. He was the 11th, he was the 11th uh, child male child in a family of 12 brothers. He had a younger brother, Benjamin, yeah? Uh, and one sister. There were 13 children. So those of you that come from a large family, you can appreciate the slapping you get around from the older brothers, you know, like, so, so obviously the environment was challenging. What we find, uh, this is why I had to use some Sunday school pictures to get the uh, teens yesterday to, uh, what do you remember about Joseph? So, as I shared last Sunday, you know, in a sermon, I said, well, we see that I wanted to point out that his upbringing was not perfect. The father exercised uh, favoritism towards Joseph. He was the first child of his favored wife, Rachel, as we know. So the father played a favoritism, and that's a no-no. So there's a lot of parents here. That's a bad news. Because of that, he withdraws Joseph from taking care of the sheep early on, and gives him the coat of many colors, as we know it, which was a symbol of him being in charge. And this is now when we get to uh, hear about him, he's 17 years old. So I had a lot of good comments with the teens yesterday. I want you to put yourself in those shoes. He's 17 years old. He's put to be in charge of the 10 older brothers. 
color, a, a coat of many colors, a representation symbol that he got, uh, the father wants him to lead, to be in charge, to, to direct his family affairs. And then he has a first dream that the 11 sheaves will bow down to him. Well, you can imagine how, how good that went with the, with the older brothers. They hated him, actually. They, they disliked him. They hated him. And then he had another dream. This was a little bit of Hollywoodish, but that's the best I could find. Uh, of the 11 stars and the sun and the moon bowing down to him. And even the father, because by this time, mother was already dead. He says, hey, what are you talking about? Are we going to bow down before you? The first picture to me, the first dream represents the reality of what happened later, that the brothers did come and bow down to him. And the second one, I think, represents the spiritual, uh, because Joseph is often uh, identified with Christ, you know, in, in terms of Old Testament, that, the, that the eventually, you know, like, we will all bow down to Christ. But that upbringing and the mismanagement, perhaps, by, by, by the father led to a, a hatred that the brothers wanted to kill him. But God intervenes. Even in our evil actions, God will intervene. He will not necessarily prevent everything, but he will intervene that ultimately would, things would come according to his purpose. So he, instead of being killed by his brothers, which is really something difficult to, to swallow, he's sold as a slave. So the reason I think, and I highlighted these three points, why I believe he, he's, to me, he's a, a, a person of integrity. At the age of 17, father wants him to be a man in charge, a man of, uh, to, to lead others. And God says, he's not ready to lead. He needs to be tested, and he needs to go through a discipline of service. He needs to first learn how to serve before he can start to lead. He allows him to be sold into slavery, and he works as a slave at Potiphar's house. And so we know that just from the age of 17 until the age of 30, when he became the second in charge at the, uh, at the Pharaoh's uh, uh, court, went 13 years. I don't know how many years exactly he worked as a servant there, but he had to learn first to serve because, before he can lead. So his integrity was tested in a discipline of service. And he submitted. Imagine the conditions sold by his own family as a slave working, but he says God was with him. Whatever he understood of God, he hung on to that, and he was committed to that, that he was serving the Lord because his God was with him, and he blessed everything that he did. Blessed everything that he did. Became practically second in command to the household, to the, to the captain of the guard. The second one, the challenge of the temptation of the flesh. And we know the story. The wife came after him not once. He was a fair, nice-looking young man. It says his mother was nice-looking. He was a nice-looking. That's what the scripture says. And she was definitely promiscuous, and she was after, going after him. He says not just one. Day after day, a young man exposed to that level of temptation. And when she could not really entice him to commit a sin, she grabbed uh, onto him and wanted to force him. And he says, how can I do this evil thing against my master and against my God? So he had to be tested in, in a discipline of self-control before he could be given the responsibility that God had uh, for him, planned out before, before he, when he was sent out. And the third one is the suffering. Even he was, by and large, innocent. The upbringing, the, the environment was not necessarily him induced, but it was produced, and he ended up 13 years in prison, I mean, in slavery and in prison. But through all this, we never find that he blamed God, that he challenged God, why is this going on? And he suffered and I tell you that anyone that God can assign to the next level of responsibility in the kingdom of God has to go through these types of tests of, of integrity. Because God is developing Joseph to become the second in command, to be the source then later on to bring family of Jacob, Israel, to Egypt because God has so, told Abraham that you will spend, your family will spend 400 years in Egypt. We see how God works in some huge, on the large scale, 
on a 400-year blocks of time. And you and I worry about four hours and, and, and things like that. So that, to me, why he represents. And then at the end, he was able to forgive. But what I find most endearing about Joseph, if you read in the roll call of faith, what was he listed for? You don't see, well, Joseph was a man in integrity because his ability to interpret dreams and he was faithful servant and he was able to, uh, you know, he was a very good administrator, very good management skills and, and even forgave his brothers. But he says, for what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Oh, there goes the preaching, so I've got to move on. So bottom line is, what was he really identified for in Hebrews 11.22? is his ability to foresee that they would be coming out of Egypt. They left as a family, 70 of them, give or take, and they came out, 2 million of them, as a nation. But this was God's plan. And he was just one little cogwheel in, in, the, in the greater scheme of things, and he subjected himself and trusted and expressed uh, elements of, of integrity. So can... Your integrity and my integrity be measured. What do you think? Is there a, some kind of a meter we can put on and check? I'm being a little facetious. I think there are some questions we can ask ourselves, or you can ask yourself. And it helped me as I was going through that at the end. I want to make sure that we spend some time. These are some questions you can ask yourself. When no one else is around, how do you treat others who can't benefit you? We're easy become friends with people we think we may have some potential benefit at work, maybe at neighbors. But what about people that are helpless and really look to us to, to benefit? How sincere, humble, and transparent are you with those that you get in contact with? Different people. Are you changing like chameleon colors from one group of people to the other? Uh, like Peter and Paul, you know, there's a little tension there. Are you the same person in public as in private? Am I a one person on Sunday and a different person on Monday? Do you admit to yourself others when you're wrong? Well, I'm never wrong, somebody says. Well, I can, I can, I, I can believe that. <laughs> Moral standards. Are you accountable at least one person, what you think or what you do? So, so these are some things you can ask Yourself, I've listed a lot of scriptural verses, but I want to leave 15 minutes, 10, 10, 12 minutes for some discussion. I don't want to go through this, but this is just the integrity for everyday living. Take these charts and remind yourself. It's just going to help you uh, go through some of these things and, and, and exercise, um, fulfill promises, develop a servant spirit, commit yourself to adding value, encourage those you serve to add values to others, uh, assimilate God's word, always speak truth. We were talking about this morning about truth with love, in love. Uh, be an imitator of Jesus, keep commitments, practice self-control, respect your body against temptations. Accept, expect temptation, but guard yourself, guard your tongue, this whole week is about con controlling our, our, our speech and forgiveness, financial integrity, marriage. Oh, boy, there's just so much. So why live a life of integrity? Does, does it promise a success? No. Sometimes we'll bring a job loss or even a financial loss. So th that, that's not why we do it. Does integrity bring uh, respect from others? Perhaps but likely only from those who also pursue the same lifestyle. You're not going to get a respect from those that are completely opposing to our teaching uh, uh, and, and our, our value system. Uh, it says integrity in terms of relationship points us that direction, but without guarantee. If you act in, in, with integrity, it's no guarantee that that's going to really ensure in a relationship a uh, uh, success. So you're basically saying, well, you're telling me all these negative potential consequences of being a, a person of integrity, so why do it? Uh, does integrity make us happy? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, that's a stretch. But you could never be considered happy as he sat sick and grieving in his pile of ashes, talking about Job. 
But the reason we do it, it says integrity brings contentment. Integrity draws us closer to Christ as our model and our, our Lord. Finally, before we have about 10 minutes of personal sharing and discussion, God looks for men and women of integrity who live holy lives that are accountable to him, to the body of Christ, glorifies God, protects us from stumbling, and encourages growth. And I thought this is maybe helpful. There's some debate whether sincere really is a Latin root, but I did some reading and research from different dictionaries, and basically sincere comes from Latin without wax. And in, a day, in ancient days, pottery was very important. This is how you carry the f- liquids and dry goods, you know, and powder, whatever, salt, sugar, whatever you make. And so these potters, obviously, making a perfect uh, pottery was a challenge. Often, in the process of drying or baking out, would have minor cracks. But these guys were very clever, and they would apply the bee wax and cover those and then apply paint, and you have a beautiful pottery there. The wise men and women would know how to check that and would take this pot against the sun, against the heat. And guess what? <laughs> you see the cracks in you know, its glory, small ones and the big ones. And so very often you will hear in the, in the biblical term, sincere, without wax, without that fakeness, without that hypocrisy. God sees all of our cracks. And we need to recognize that integrity is not about perfection, but it's about pursuit of our desire to, to, to be godly and to be men and women of integrity. I want to introduce a quick uh, personal example, too, and then draw uh, some from you in closing as to how, where we get tested and, and where we get challenged. Uh, while I was working, I was a director of engineering for a large corporation, and one example where my integrity in the recent years was really challenged, uh, having re- you know, reporting directly to vice president of engineering and then had, knowing the division vice president was not a large corporation, if he got a resume of a young engineer, that just, a young person that just finished uh, uh, university and is looking for a job, we would receive these in thousands. You can imagine when, when the hiring season starts, when the college is done. Well, you know, we go through a human resource department and we review, but... Those that somebody would give to vice president, we in a, in a director's position, we had a responsibility to handle with special care. You could not just discard and say, oh, I don't really care. So one day I received a resume from a president of our division, and he says, this is a resume of a, a neighbor's son. I know the kid. Uh, I think we should uh, consider him for a job. Well, first of all, you have a responsibility. That was our, at least our policy, whether it was written or not. I couldn't just discard this. I had to read the resume. I had to assess. I had to invite the man to come and interview him. Obviously, this is now, you have to understand, my boss is putting pressure. He says, you know what? This is from Gary. I mean, do I need to uh, add more stress to you? You know, you worry about your career. You, you worry about your retirement, you know. So there's a subtlety there. So I invite the young man, and, uh, because obviously at my level, yes, I will talk to him, but I have to have him talk to the people in the departments as an entry-level position where he would be really working, whether it's uh, mechanical, electrical, lasers. I mean, we had, I had all kinds of disciplines. And several interviews, I mean, this is coming from Gary, from the big guy. And so, of course, you, you, you're putting all the, uh, you know, documenting everything. Every reply is, this guy is, <laughs> you don't want this guy. And we were already at the situation, we were flooded and we already had enough, and our forecast for employment was pretty leveled, so maybe only attrition for the uh, people that retire and leave the company. And so, so the guys are telling me, says, you know what, if you really take him, you may have to let somebody go, somebody that's really valuable to our department and our, our, our directorate. Wow, now comes, now comes a test. As a director, I can just simply say, guys, you're going to hire him. I'm not going to go argue with my boss and the boss's boss. I have the, respons- I have the authority. I can do that. So I'm sure Mary remembers many of those nights you come home and you know, the, the face is drawn long. And so you're struggling with this. You know that this is not right. 
if you're going to be a person of integrity, tomorrow is going to be another one, and it's going to be another one, and then somebody else, and then a friend, and a family member. Uh, and so I finally called my boss that night and I said, you know what, all the indication, this is a negative. We can't, I, based on our assessment, I cannot hire. But do you realize what this is? But do you understand what I understand? But I said, there are times, yes, you can be maybe flexible, accommodating, not just be so black and white. But I said, this is negative for everything. Boy, did I have a lot of pressure. Well, I thought of my job is gone. By the grace of God, I, I didn't lose my job. But I just want to give you an example. These things do happen. So that was one point in my life of a test. And a really quick one, the second one, where I, during the process of preparing, God revealed to me a small crack. What I'm saying is th- th- these cracks don't have to be huge. And I share this with teenagers. I said, Mary and I go occasionally out for fast food. Well, she cooks well, and I love that as it shows, you know. But occasionally, to give her a break from cooking, let's go for fast food. And we go for Chinese, which is greasy, salty, spicy. You know? And I don't like to get a drink with the meal. Um, um, Europeans, I don't know, for some reason we were raised, in, don't worry about the liquid. Eat first. You're going to drink later. And then afterwards, and all that, you know, greasy food, I feel I need a little bit of soda. So I don't go and buy a drink because i got to go stand in line. Or I don't buy a drink in advance, knowing very well that I'm probably going to need a couple of sips. So I take a water cup and I go and get a little bit of a soda. And I've done this a few times. And I tell, she tells me, that you're cheating. I said, no, this is just, I already paid this as part of me. Wow. As I was reading comments and books, and the Lord revealed to me, this is dishonest. It's cheating. He says, Lord, never again. I will make sure I'll give a tip when I go next time to a Panda Express and cover up for my sins of the past, but never again. I just, I just want to, no, but I just want to be honest with you that integrity, don't expect that the issue of integrity is some maybe huge blocks because if you're really dealing with some big issues, uh, wow, you know, we're, we're dealing with the difference. But that the integrity is really all these little areas of life where you can be challenged. So, in the last few minutes, what areas of integrity you can either share or you think we can easily be challenged? I gave you a personal example. Tony? Um, yeah, I've had a long, very Okay, so I'm, 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 I'm coming. I'm coming. Can somebody see is this? Uh, Dan, can you see is this on? Hello? Is this on? That's thing. Okay, good. Uh, you know, in surgery, they say if um, you haven't been sued, you haven't been working long enough. I've sued a number of times, and uh, that it wasn't, I didn't do anything wrong, and this, I won all of these. But one time, I made a mistake in the operating room that it was clearly my fault, and the patient paid a dear price. She didn't die, she did well, but it was my fault. And I could have sort of finagled some story to the family that, because of this, this happened, and be covered. But I did not. I told the family exactly it was my mistake, and that's why the patient is going to suffer some as a result of that. And, and if they sued me, they definitely would have won, wow. because it was clearly fault on, on, on my part. They were very grateful. Actually, we developed a tremendous relationship, and nothing came out of it. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Any other thought, or, or uh, Brother Bob? If you want. Oh, thanks. Two young men, sons from the church, enjoyed going to a certain restaurant outside of Mansfield and walking out without paying. Not that they didn't have the money, they just didn't thought it was a challenge to them. The one that stayed in Mansfield, the other went to California to go to chiropractic school. I'll not tell you any more about the name, right? (laughs) So the one in Mansfield began to repent. And the first thing that came to mind was a restitution to go back to the, the restaurant. And he begins his conversation with the manager by saying, I'm sure this is very unusual for you, but, and then he confessed what he had done. He, and he said, you know, to the young man, he said, you know, a week ago, I got a letter just like this from California. <laughs> And that's how he found out his cousin was repenting. <laughs> Excellent. Any other? We have a couple minutes if anybody else wants to share, either as a 
place where we get tempted very easily? B? When I was um, going through my conversion, and Uncle Bob would know this story, um, my mom, I was in high school, and mom had mm-hmm. at, told me to walk down to the local um, drugstore to buy my school supplies. She gave me $20 or whatever it was. And I had to buy all the supplies, and I didn't have enough money. So I changed the prices. So I had enough money. And the Lord really convicted me of that. And I shared it with Uncle Bob, and he said, you know, you, you know what you need to do is make restitution. So I saved up some babysitting money, and I took Chris Hurtick, Cray, with me because I wanted to make sure that I ha- was that person of integrity. And the manager at the time wouldn't even take my money, but he said, what a testimony. And Great. Wonderful. Dan? Yeah, I just want to speak to, um, I think the fact of, you know, that we practice Christianity and our relationship with Christ in a body, I think is a really key aspect here because um, typically there are blind spots in my life that I, I really need brothers and sisters to, I think the Holy Spirit works in developing our integrity through the yes. body. And I think there's sort of a limit individually of how we can, how we can hear him. But I... I one other thing, just as a comment, just wanted to make. Another thing is just I find um, that I often compromise my integrity after I have success or when I have sort of extended moments of free time after I accomplish something that I've been working so hard at. So that's just something I, I've found to. Um, it's interesting. It's got a little bit ironic. To, you know? Something to be aware and, yeah, and, and be cautious. Just there's a word for caution of you yeah. know. And that's why a comment I said about accountability. It's so good to have accountability partners. Okay, one more, and then I can't keep people beyond that. Through my line of work, I deal with um, some shady characters. Um, I work in the emergency room. So at one point, uh, dealing with a young man who was involved with drugs, and sure enough, four big police officers show up. And they question him, come then later on into my office, and mind you, I have a very small office. And they come, they sit on my desk, quite like invading my personal space, asking me to change some of the details in my report to make it more suitable to, for their report. And, and because I was so intimidated, I was so close to like, it's not a big deal, I'm just changing a little bit. But I, with God's help, found, found enough courage to stick up for what is true and to say that my notes will not be tra- changed, but I have to write what is true. And many, many years ago, I read a quote, and that spoke to me, and to this day I'm trying to apply it, that always speak the truth, even if your voice shakes. Mm-hmm. Like we said, the integrity will not have necessarily the earthly rewards. Thank you for your participation, your time. I know I spoke a little more than I should have, but it's always my temptation.